0: listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about
1: where you read and interviewing author Cameron Hurley.
0: But first, what are you reading, Bria?
1: I am reading The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. Um, Rachel Kushner had a book a couple of years ago called The Flamethrowers that everyone really liked. Um this oh, one, I read that. Yeah. This one is about um, a—it's it's fiction, but it sort of goes through the story. It's like a, a lot of women's stories from inside um, a prison, so um, a specific prison. And it kind of talks through other—like, it's about one specific woman, but then it sort of touches on all these other women's stories. If you like Orange is the New Black, I would say you would love this book. But it's a thousand times darker. It's very dark. Uh, trigger warning is the new black. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, sadness is the new black, is oh, what no. it should be called. Uh, fuck, fucked upness is the new black. Um, trigger warnings for everything. Uh, please check that before you start reading this book. It is about, you know. It's about women who are living in poverty who get in this cycle of poverty and cycle of abuse and they end up in prison and then they end up in the cycle of prison. And I feel like we hear it a lot more from men's perspective. I don't, I don't read many stories like this. And I, it's been really, really impressive. Um, I've really liked it so far, far
0: and I would definitely suggest it to people who are interested in that kind of subject. What are you reading, Mallory? I am listening to a book that you've already read. Oh, go on. Former guest of the show. I'm listening to True Indie by Don Coscarelli. Mm. Uh, so. I'm currently on book tour while we're recording this, and I'm extremely stressed out. So I've been mostly only doing audiobooks, and I'm so glad that I'm doing this one because uh, True Indie is the filmmaking memoir of independent filmmaker Don Coscarelli, who did Phantasm, Baba Hotep, Beastmaster, and um, so it's just his memoir of talking about all the crazy things that happen when you're making an independent film. But I I mean, we had Don in, on a past episode on craft books, and he was amazing, but when I started listening to the audiobook I was like, "Oh my god, this is the most soothing audiobook I've ever listened to." <laughs> it's just like it's such a calming
1: presence. Yeah,
0: I like I've been listening to it on every and it's pretty long. I think it's like 11 hours and I've been listening to it on my plane rides and I'm just like, ah. Yeah. So soothing.
1: He is. He's like he's like father horror. Yeah. Like like a real
0: sweet sweet fa- dad who makes horror. <laughs> yeah, you feel like he's given you a pair of wool socks mm-hmm. and you're just like listening to some great stories. And mm-hmm. the, it's super, super well written. Yeah, it's really well written. I, so I totally, if you've been interested in reading this book, uh, definitely, dec- definitely recommend the audiobook. Uh So that's uh, True Indie by Don Coscarelli. And The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner.
1: Sean's reading something.
0: <gasps> Sean, what are you reading?
1: Sean is reading.
0: Sean is reading.
1: Uh, I'm reading a book by someone we know. <laughs>
0: Who is it?
1: <laughs> Who could it be? Who is it? I'm reading Lady <laughs> from the Black Lagoon. Thank what's you. What's your true closure is what's your true opinion about it? Just kidding. <laughs> I love it. It's really it's it actually, as I think you probably said when you read it, it's Kind of strange because it's just like having a conversation with Mallory. <laughs> yeah, it's like just I can just hear her saying every word, um, and I've been taking a lot of pleasure in the footnotes. The oh. yeah. footnotes are very good. Are yeah. you reading it a uh, physical copy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not an e, e boy. I know an e boy. an e boy. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs>
0: He is a sad boy, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Sean. You're the best. I'm all embarrassed now. Uh, so we're going to take a moment to answer a recommendation request from Rachel. Rachel says, My wheelhouse is mostly dark fairy tales with the kind of fae who are more likely to scare you than help you. Hardcore magical fantasy, powerful female warriors, mythology folklore, witches, and when I need a break from a really intense series, those light mystery novels that have always have a cat on the cover. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time finding a new book that isn't too cheesy in the witchy supernatural direction. I've been really craving a good witchy book. Any suggestions? Bria, what should Rachel read Rachel I feel like we have a lot of Rachel listeners I don't want to make the Sarah's mad okay all right I just feel like that Rachel Rachel's coming for you Sarah oh my god I just want to say during one of my signings I met so many great people but (laughs) someone came up and I was like I'm one of the Sarah's and I was like oh my god that's amazing Bria what should Rachel read um I'm gonna go maybe Rachel's maybe
1: read this but I'm gonna go with a discovery of witches by Deb
0: Harkness and it's, Rachel can watch the adaptation on There is an adaptation. Right I
1: haven't watched it yet, but um it's uh it's a trilogy, so you get to hang out in this world for a while. It's got witches, there's a sexy romance, uh, but it's also like. It's definitely for adults. It's an adult witch book, for sure. And it has some scary moments, but it also is just, like, more about, like, this woman's journey, which I think is really interesting. You do love a
0: woman on a journey. I do
1: love a woman on a journey. There does end up being, like, time travel in one of the books. Like, it goes way crazy, but it's really it's really well written, and I read all, read all three of them. And they're super long, so you can, like, really dive into this universe if you want to. Cool. What do you suggest for Rachel?
0: Uh, I think this almost— I might bump witch stuff into my wheelhouse. I actually Ooh. love witch books. Give me all that witchy shit. Uh, my recommendation for this is uh, it's the middle grade graphic novel, The Witch Boy. Uh, by Molly Ostertag, it's uh it's about a world where so if you're magic, uh, girls become witches and boys become shapeshifters. Except the main character is a boy and he wants to be a witch and he has witchy powers. So it's an amazing exploration of gender roles and it's beautifully drawn and it's a quick read and it's about him trying to find get in touch with his witchy powers and everyone else in his like magic community accepting that not everything is such such a gender binary. Mm. Uh, I loved it. It's amazing in the um sequel came out last October called The Hidden Witch, which is also really, really good. So just a quick bookmark from me. Uh, I'm on book tour, but I've done a bunch of dates so far. And I just want to thank all the amazing glassers that have really come out in force. I've met so many amazing people. Yeah. And thank you for coming to the live events. I was at two live events.
1: I met a lot of glassers. Thank you. I don't remember your name, but thank you for the apocalyptic candle set. I've been really into the one that smells like coffee. Um, It's rad. I put a photo of it on my Instagram. Thank you for that.
0: People came up and gave us all sorts of nice compliments. Yeah, it really just made my entire life to meet so many classers and people who were excited about the book uh some great people like ash and dc kelsey cooper and austin some people like if you tweeted us a lot i will remember who you are like chris and sarah who came to my queens event i was like oh my god i know you and they were just like the sweetest most incredible people i really think we're the we're so lucky we just have the best listeners and i'll i can't thank you all enough So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, sign up for our newsletter Link in the show notes. Before we talk about Bookish Feng Shui, we're going to take a quick break.
2: Dead
1: Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the Odd Couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too business-y. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave
2: Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight.
1: A new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for maximum fun.
0: Uh, this week, it's all about where you read and how that can affect your reading life. Where your bookish feng shui masters today. Okay, but let's first define
1: feng shui, shall we? Um... It's a word we all use, but we don't really know the meaning. I I think, um, and also we're not really masters. We there are actual masters of this. Um, we're using it as more of a general term that I think people use it as today. Feng shui itself originated in the Chinese book called the Book of Burial. Historically, it was used, it was used to determine which way to orient buildings because depending on which way a building was faced, it could determine if it was a prosperous business residence, etc. Um, it's come. It's over the years. Obviously, people talk about it in terms. So their houses now, the interiors of their houses, all sorts of things, and it's changed quite a bit. Um, feng Shui is older than the compass.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And it originated in Chinese astronomy, which is really fascinating. It's actually super fascinating, and I went and I started reading a ton about it just to be like, oh, we're, we're talking about location, and we're sort of using that as a general term. But I was like, wow, what an interesting subject that you really have to study to know a lot about it. So we're not actually talking Feng Shui. Yes. We're talking locations.
0: Yes. So, yeah, because I think that it's really interesting to look at where you read. So, Bria, where do you generally read? Mostly in bed. I mostly read in bed or on an old
1: bed reader. Yeah, uh, I read before I go to sleep or when I can't sleep or if I get up too early and I don't want to get out of bed. Um, If not, I usually read when I'm in transit. I travel a lot for work. I read a lot in airports and in airplanes, and it's sort of like my way of getting away from the bustling world. I do my most reading when I'm traveling. Um, I feel like some people, when they travel... Can't read. I mean yeah I can't no I feel like a lot of people watch movies and stuff and I used to do that and then I think at some point I was like I don't know I feel like I get more into the reading aspect of while I'm traveling and I can do it so much easier yeah um, yeah so that's so it's generally in like either the most comfortable place my bed or the most uncomfortable place an airport
0: I need to be absolutely comfortable or I need to be miserable and stuffed into a tiny seat exactly uh, where do you read I really read all over the place. I do like reading in bed. Um, uh, I like reading on the couch. I like reading in our library. Um... We have a very big, weird loft, and it has all kinds of reading nooks. I think my current favorite reading spot is we have this platform that's suspended over our jungle gym and ball pit, and it has lots of pillows. And oh, you know, the old jungle gym ball pit. That <laughs> that that old house cliche.
1: <laughs> you know, when you walk into someone's house and they're like, would you like to take a, a spin in the ball
0: pit? I wonder what the verb for being in a ball pit is. Is it a jump? A tumble? A, a A Russell? A Russell. (laughs) Um, In a really unsanitary roll around.
1: (laughs) Do you know, I'm from East Texas, and I'm scared to get in ball pits, because I'm always scared there's going to be a snake in there, because I found snakes in the McDonald's ball pit once. A snake, just once, but once was enough. Oh, I shouldn't have told you that, I realize now. I'm sorry I said that. But you don't live in East Texas, and it's not outside. That was an outdoor ball pit. Outdoor ball pit? What the fuck? It's horrifying.
0: Mallory actually can't speak. She's too scared of the idea of snakes. (laughs) The thought of a snake in a ball pit is actual hell to Yeah, me. it's horrifying. Especially because I don't like ball pits normally because they're so, like, how do you clean a ball pit? Yeah. One day I think I'm going to buy five gallons of hand sanitizer and pour it in our ball pit. Oh, it would be so slippery in there. Until it's dried out and then it'll be nice and clean. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, it has pillows and blankets and string lights and it's like, it's in a place to put my bourbon, which is really important. Uh-huh. So I think that's my favorite reading spot. Uh-huh. But Bria, do you think the location of your books or your e-reader affects how much you read? Oh, like, so where it's like sitting. Yes. Around the house. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Um, I keep
1: my e reader next to the bed. So that's where I end up reading. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm on the couch during the day and I'm like, I, I know I could read right now. Like I'm taking a break from whatever, but I'm just too lazy to walk that 15 feet and I'll just sit there and play an Instagram or whatever I want to do. Um, I find having my e reader on my phone helps though when I'm like waiting somewhere for a long period of time. Oh, yeah. So if I'm at the car wash, by the way, I haven't washed my car in a year. But let's say huh. I went to a car wash. <laughs> uh, let's say I was a person who actually took care of the things that I owned. Um, and I don't bring my e-reader. I can e read on my phone and I won't play on Instagram. Like, if I know yeah. I have, like, a good 20 minutes, I'll open Kindle, yeah. my Kindle. For sure. Um, but my poor, the poor physical books in my house. Those poor, lonely. They're like, Priya. They're literally, like, over there, like, singing a sad song and, yeah. like, opening an umbrella in the yeah. rain. And I, Because I sit on a shelf and now... Since I've moved there in a shelf that's really far away from anything I do, and I just don't see them. And I think if I move them next to my bed, I would probably actually read them. Um, it's just easier for me because I'm reading on the e reader and then I finish a book and then I close that book and then I open up another book on the e reader. Yeah. So like that location wise, it's just like a simplicity for me. Yeah. I think what we've what I've determined, the thesis is that I'm lazy.
0: I think the thesis is that
1: I'm very lazy. <laughs>
0: what about you? No, I, I I totally agree. For me, it definitely does. The p- past few months, I've been completely consumed with this book torrent, book promo, and I noticed that I wasn't reading as much. And I realized that there are certain spots that if I leave a book, I know it's just going to go untouched. Like where? Uh, Next to the bed, which is weird. Hmm. But I think by the time I get to bed, I'm just like, because our bedroom is sort of in the back of our house and it's not really bright in there. Yeah. And so... If I go into the bedroom with a book with the intention to read, it's one thing. But if I just leave a book next to my bed, all of a sudden I just get like assimilated into my mind and I'm like, oh, it's just like my pile. Cause I have a like, you know, lip balm and my mouth guard and like a, my, my pile of shit next to my bed. So it'll just like it'll get absorbed into that pile and I won't notice You put it. a lip balm before you go to sleep? Oh, yeah. Oh. Why is it all
1: dry in there? Yeah. Yeah. Not in your mouth. I mean, in your room. <laughs> it's dry in your mouth.
0: <laughs> your also, mouth? you don't put lip balm in your mouth. <laughs> Brie, yeah, I think you might be confused as to how lip balm works. <laughs> you <laughs> open your mouth really wide <laughs> and rub and it on go, the front of your teeth, right? <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Isn't that how people would put Vaseline on their teeth? That's what I'm thinking of. For like uh, beauty pageants or something? Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah. that's not what happens in my bedroom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it next to the bed. Also, weirdly enough, in the library, because I, th- I think there are so many books in there that it doesn't stand out. And also certain spots in the kitchen. I think it's just that thing where there are places that you don't notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I leave a—for me, if I leave a book on the couch or on the arm of the couch, I notice it and I go, ooh, I want to read that. Yeah. It's yeah. just like—there's if you, there's certain, like—it's like home blind spots where if you put a book there, it's never—it'll be forgotten forever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if there's, like, a book on your TBR
1: and you haven't picked it up—you haven't been picking up your e-reader— Try putting it in a different spot, obviously, even if it's somewhere random, like on the kitchen counter, like, uh, like have a book on your e-reader that move it to you can move it to the front page of your e-reader or something like that. Just do put it somewhere where people are going to pay attention to it or you're going to pay attention
0: to it. Yeah. For me, the location is really important because I need all my reading accessories. That's what I realized. So I drink a ton of water and I need a place for my big, giant water bottle. Yeah. If it's nighttime, I need a spot for my bourbon or my cocktail glass. And it needs to be a spot that I can spread out enough to have Lula with me. Oh, Wow. So I need settling in. Oh yeah. Well, I like to read for like long periods of time. If you can't put a book somewhere that gets your attention, try leaving your book in the best reading spot in the house. It'll look like enticing. Like it'll be like, come over here, take a reader. Take a load off and read. A little Me. finger comes out and does a little come-hither it, motion. These
1: books have been so perfo- personified in this episode, and way more than they have in any other, where they're just oh, like, yeah. they're trying to entice you. They're sexy. Yeah. Like, the book's laying on its side oh, with yeah. its arm On a out. rug. Yeah, on
0: a rug, like on a bearskin rug. <laughs> Someone please draw fan art of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you need to m- set yourself up for success here and make put yeah. the book somewhere. I'm but, with you. So, Bria, do you have a place you hate to read? Weirdly also on a plane
1: uh, um because i get motion sick but i've had dramamine fine if i haven't had my motion sickness pills i cannot read on a plane and i cannot read in a
0: car i cannot read
1: on a boat i cannot read in a box with a fox I, can we
0: have this as a I, picture book places all the places that bria can't read i i um
1: it's the best of reading and the worst of reading on a plane i cannot i i love Reading on a plane, but if I don't have that dream of me, and then it's just a sadness because I can't pick up my book. Um, if I get on a plane with that dream of it's like a big panic attack for me. Oh, no. Yeah, because I just get so motion sick. And I get motion sick just riding in the the passenger seat of a car. Like, I'm yeah. that motion sick. So, yeah. Um, also, bright sunlight, that's an issue with an e-reader. That's a place I hate to read because it's like, no do kid. I put on the no sunglasses? No beach reading for you. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, also, I do have trouble reading at my house during the day, I think, because... I work from home. I could be doing something else. I think everyone has this issue. But if I sit down to read, sometimes I'm like, I literally, as people know, I'll add it to my to-do list so I feel not so guilty about reading my book during the day at, at my house. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, but I could be writing. I could be doing yeah. this other thing. and could be doing something more. Whatever.
0: What about you? Is there a place you hate to read? Where there's
1: germs. Germs. Anywhere with or snakes. snakes. <laughs> or
0: germs. Snakes, a snake pit? Mess. A messy snake pit like for me like no kitchen counter no fucking bathroom yeah but you eat in the tub that's a bathroom yeah but i'm not pooping while i'm in the bathtub well i assume
1: (laughs) Matt today mallory learns a valuable lesson she's like wait where do you poop (laughs) wait
0: wait, hold on where am i supposed to be pooping this whole time wait where am i supposed to poop where am i supposed to take a bath i'm really everyone poops in the bathtub that's where everyone goes (laughs) Is that why I have to use Drano constantly on the bathtub? Oh, <laughs> yeah, That's I don't gross. like anywhere. Like, I'm not a big—like, um, I, I will read more on my phone at the breakfast table. Like, for a while, I was like, oh, I should put a book on my kitchen ca- kitchen table when we have breakfast in the morning. But there's, like, I'm eating food, and there's yeah. coffee. I just don't want—I don't, like, mess. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So I want to be somewhere— like comfy and clean so i'm um, just been a big couch reader i think actually in my in my i, I don't know what to call it our reading platform that's reading treehouse 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 is cute oh, i i guess i could well, page some... flipping in the treehouse oh page flipping in the treehouse <laughs> so cute so you can send your thoughts on where to read uh to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we talk to cameron fucking hurley we're gonna take a quick break this is nasa Uh, I see a flat earth, but we should lie to everybody about it and say it's round 10-4. Maximum Fun brings you the latest podcast, an expose on the flat earth. I want to take advantage of humankind and make them believe a lie so that they will trust us with the government. It's all an elaborate lie. And when you get on a plane, they purposefully fly you farther than you need to go. It's disgusting.
1: It needs to be stopped. And if you listen to Ono Ross and Carrie, we will tell you the truth
2: behind the lies. Just okay. kidding. No, we no. won't do that. We will just tell you the truth behind the truth because what we do is we look at extraordinary claims. That's
0: right. We've gone undercover with alternative medical treatments, fringe religious groups fringe science claims, the spiritual paranormal. We're there to check it out and let you know what happens. Is the Queen Mary haunted? I don't know. Find out! We show up, we make friends, we learn what happens when you ask questions, and we tell you all about it. And
1: we get all that funky stuff done to us.
0: It's Ono oh Ross and Carrie
1: at MaximumFun.org.
0: So here we are with author Cameron Hurley, or as we like to call her on reading glasses, Cameron motherfucking Hurley. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me, you guys.
0: What are you reading right now?
2: I am reading, you know, I just finished a really awesome book called A Burglar's Guide to the City. And it's actually talking about the physical space of cities and how burglars look at cities differently than we do. And you know, like the door is not a door, like the wall is a door and you saw through it. And the, the roof is a potential door. It's really cool. It's a really uh, fascinating book. Uh, and then I just picked up another one called The Body Keeps the Score, which is about how the body like, Takes in trauma and PTSD and all sorts of stuff. So I'm doing a lot of nonfiction uh, reading right now, just because I am deep in research mode for my next novel. So I spend a ton of time at the library <laughs> this time. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, right. So can you tell us a little bit about your new book, The Like Brigade? Yeah, sure. The Light Brigade is a science fiction thriller. And it's about a war where soldiers are broken down into light to get them from one battlefront to another. And it follows a grunt named Dietz, who actually starts to experience the war out of order. Oh, you know, so it's like, oh, is Dietz going mad. Is it time travel? Is it the technology? What's going on? Uh, And so, yeah, that's
1: that's the book
2: i've had it uh, people have described it as the forever war meets 12 monkeys uh which is very accurate so
0: so this is futuristic sci-fi time travel there's been a lot of talk about structuring this book what was it like to write a book like this
2: It was incredibly difficult once I got to the time travel. The first 40,000 words was great because my background, my academic background is actually in war and resistance movements, especially in Southern Africa. So I've spent the majority of my professional life, looking up all of this stuff. And I know about boot camps and how you train soldiers and killing and all these things. And so the first 40,000 words was like, great, we'll do the training scenes and all of that. And then we got to the point where, you know, the character starts to experience the war out of order. And I had everything set down that I needed to do. And I had no idea how to make it work. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I had an outline, but, uh, and I talked to my agent and my agent was like, oh my God, what did you do? <laughs> She's like, this is, this is really fucking hard. I said, yes, it is. So she went and she spoke to her husband, Dr. Joshua Bowman, who is actually has a PhD in math who teaches uh, out there in California where they are. And he sat down and actually wrote up this complicated mathematical graph that we would actually run the characters through to see like if, Anyway, it's very complicated. I don't know. He did the math, and I said, "Does math let me do this?" And they said, "Either yes or no." So that was how we did it. And so when I ended, yeah, it's like it's it's. um, He actually printed out one of the. Interviews that I did where I mentioned us working together on this, and he has it on his office door at where he works. So he's very proud. Aww, <laughs> he's very proud of it. Okay. I know, right? Um, he's the time, the time travel consultant on the Light Brigade. Nice, um, nice. But it is. It was uh, incredibly difficult once. But once we actually got it down and I sat down and I um, put it into an Excel spreadsheet, the chronological order of the war and the, and the order that the protagonist actually goes through and experiences the war. And so I had those two as reference materials in addition to this graph. So every time I was like trying to go off script, can we do this? And I just like, no, I ran him through the graph. <laughs> we can't do that. So it was, a really, uh, it was a really cool experience because, you know, obviously I had to do all the writing, but I actually, there was a bit of, you know, collaboration as far as with my agent and uh, with uh, Joshua Oman. So it was it was really cool. That's incredible. Yeah, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> Do you have any other sci-fi questions? No, that's I mean, I love that.
2: I love that. And science um
1: time travel is so tough. So it's like interesting to go into it with like such a such a good backing, you
2: know, like like a team. Yes. Well, and and a lot of the time, again, we just sort of hand wave when we make it up, which is what I was doing, hand wave making it up. Um and my agent's very analytical. She's very analytical, and I'm very, woo, whatever, blah. So we actually make a really good team. And it was nice to actually have somebody sit down and help me structure because I'm not good with structure uh, and understand what we could and and could not do as far as keeping it within the rules that we'd set up, right? You have to, once you've set up the rules, keep it within the rules that you set up and having that structure and again, that sort of mathematical background to it really helped.
0: So Cameron, this episode is all about where you read. Do you have a reading nook in your house?
2: I have a $75 leather chair that my husband got for himself Mm -hmm. that has now become my reading chair. And that's downstairs in the living room. That's actually where I do a lot of reading right now. And then I read in bed as well. So a lot of it is in the bathtub. It's a very relaxing experience for me. So I need to feel like I'm relaxing. I'm getting into you know, the work, and I can kind of go somewhere else in a safe, like in a safe way, right? Like you do need a safe space, I feel like, for reading, because you are kind of going off into this other universe, where sometimes, and again, you wake up from reading, and go, oh my gosh, like, where am I? Who am I? Um, so yeah, so I do, I have a place that has ended up being a sort of reading nook.
0: <laughs> now, on the flip side of that, do you have a, a spot in your house where if a book goes there, it just goes there to be forgotten, like it'll just blend into the landscape?
2: My TBR pile, <laughs> my TBR <laughs> pile. I like to think that, oh, yeah, I'll go through those, I'll get to it. But the higher up on the because my husband actually made me these shelves next to my bed, and they're like free floating shelves, then there's one, two, three um, stacked up. And so at the times, if something is all the way up on that top third shelf, like, it's gone. It will never be read. I try to look at it as much as I can, um, but it turns out that like the the ones nearest me, like on my you know bedside table and that first shelf closest to me, those are the ones I'm most likely to get with. As it starts going creeping up and up and up, then I'm less likely to get to it.
1: Understandable. Uh, what about um snacks, gin? What what do you need to read besides a book?
2: I like to drink, certainly, but not as much when I'm reading because I tend to lose the plot very quickly. <laughs> what I really need is, uh, again, it's that whole I need I need quiet. It needs to be cool. It needs to be quiet. Uh, there needs to not be a lot of stress going on. Uh, and, and no noise i don 't really like noise. um My husband's actually gotten to the point where he now wears, wears headphones in bed when he 's doing his video games and stuff because i 'm like I cannot read with noise and pinging when there's the like um notifications on the phones like we have to mute that that because it just it just breaks my concentration and then i can 't get into like the zone or whatever um so yeah, so I like to have just quiet and peacefulness <laughs> <laughs>
0: So tell us about your reading life. Do you have any reading quirks you want to share with us?
2: Do I have any reading quirks? Uh, I am a very picky reader. I don't give things – like I'll I'll hear for a lot of people these days be like, oh, I give it 25, 50 pages. I don't read fast enough that I can do that. Uh, either it hooks me or it doesn't. So, And sometimes it's within like the first – paragraph. And I say that as a writer, which is hilarious, because of course, I know how critical then that that, that first line and that first paragraph and that first page are. Um, and I give up on stuff very, very easily. Uh, something has to really be recommended a ton by people for me to then repick it up again. Um, otherwise, it's either I, I get it or I don't, which is some of the issue too, like I'm sent a lot of books to blurb. And it can be very difficult because again, either I immediately connect with it or I do not. And as soon as I do not, it goes up on that third shelf of the TBR file, <laughs> and it's over. Um, so, yeah. And then I think, yeah, I never read the ending of books. I've heard people who do that. I just can't do it. Sometimes I will like skim books. all or you just don't, you don't read No, it. I don't read it first. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. I should have. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I read do the ending of books reading. first. And, um, and then I will skim books when they are, mm, when they're nonfiction, I'll skim them. And sometimes once I get to like that three quarters mark, right? Where you're like, okay, okay, just get over it. Get, get to it already. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And do you have a reader wheelhouse? Are there like any tropes or subjects that will immediately make you want to pick up a book?
2: You know, it's interesting. I feel like that changes depending on where I am in my life right right and right now I seem to be reading a lot of um books about like women lost in space <laughs> women lost <laughs> in space who are trying to get back or in who who are it's um one of these ones I um Caitlin Starling it's called The Luminous Dead it's really excellent it's about she's goes she's this caver and she goes on down into this cave into this alien planet at the behest of this sort of multimillionaire shadowy figure. And it's just the two of them uh, talking over the radio and her descending by herself into this uh, amazing environment. And then there's an, another one that kind of like locks spaceship murder mysteries. Um, one's called Salvation Day by Callie Wallace. And it's really good. And there is something about just that, that thriller concept. I think that I'm a little bit more into, I think any of those thrillers right now, you know, beyond science fiction that are like, Hey, the slightly drunk woman who everyone thinks is crazy actually solves crimes that I've been reading a lot of as well. So yeah.
0: Is that your retirement plan? You're just going to be the dog it lady who's really slightly drunk and It really mysteries?
2: is. We stopped at the side of the road um, in Albuquerque and we were on the, the turquoise trail between Albuquerque and Santa Fe. And there was this guy on the side of the road who like makes all these weird art things it's just a bunch of junk but he like you know ties this motorcycle onto this um tree and there's uh, it's it's wild um and he we walk in and it's like eleven thirty in the morning and he's clearly three sheets to the wind he smells of liquor and he comes out let me show you my creations you know we thought it was a <laughs> store but it's, it's just this drunk guy walking around showing us all of his art things um and after we got into the car it was like a magical moment like you never get these weird ass moments anymore and I go back into the car and I turn to my husband and I was like that's what I want to be when I'm old yeah. <laughs> that is my ideal retirement just oh, yes children come and see my creations come and have so a drink amazing. so yeah
0: Okay, you can sign me up for that. Yes, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for, for for living at the Hurley Dog drug ranch. Hurley <laughs> dog ranch, yes. Please, one one, please. Yeah.
2: Now taking reservations. Yep.
0: Gara, <laughs> where can we find you online?
2: You can find me online at CameronHurley.com, and that's Cameron with a K, or on Twitter or Instagram, also at Cameron Hurley.
0: And you have an awesome Patreon as well. Oh,
2: and I have an awesome Patreon, uh, which is actually what we are, what is powering all of that gin and dog, all the gin and dogs. Uh, And that is uh, patreon.com forward slash Cameron Hurley.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much. Now it's time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. It's time for some clean books. We tested out two different things to clean your books this week, one for e-readers and one for print book collectors. Bria, what did you test out? So, good for books, bad for the environment,
1: a makeup wipe. A makeup wipe is simple on your eyes. Like, easy on your eyes. Not simple. Easy. Goes easy on your eyes. Do you use wipes? Are you a wipe fan? I'm a baby wipe to take
0: my lipstick off Same,
1: Like, same idea. They sell them, like, all the, like, you know, even, like, I'm sure Burt's Bees has them. You know, like, all those kind of brands have them all the way from, like, the most, like, harsh ones to, like, the easy on ones. I use, like, just, like, the really basic easy ones to take my eye makeup off, which I know is not great for the environment, but I have a lot of trouble. Whatever. (laughs) It's not great for the environment. Um, But because it's so easy on your eyes... You can totally use it on your little e-reader. I don't know. I'm going to say on Kindle Paperwhite you can. I would be careful on a bigger screen, like a more computer-y screen, like an iPad or something. I'm not sure. But it's great for that. I think it works great because anything, if you're, I mean, taking off eye makeup is not easy. So it's harsh enough to do that, but it's gentle enough to where if you poke yourself in the eye, it's okay. (laughs) Which is, how does that exist? I don't even know. I don't know how that's possible. Who can say? I always think about baby shampoo. Like how could baby shampoo f- be cleaning something? But also you can get it right into your eyes. Ooh, can th- babies are so unfathomable to me. It's just baby magic. No, but you've used baby shampoo in your life. At one time you were a baby. Isn't that weird to think about? No. <laughs> I know you were a baby. You're a little. <laughs> I love little,
0: when you're like accusing me like
1: you were a baby. I now. know you were a baby one time. <laughs> Don't lie you to me, were O'Mara. a Fucking baby, and <laughs> uh, you little blue haired baby wandering around covered in tattoos. <laughs> Actually, that is how I picture you as a baby. You're just a tiny, tinier knee. with blue hair, glasses, and tattoos. <laughs> but like, and you're just like holding like a baby book.
0: <laughs> what about you? Okay, you tested out something too. We had a listener ask about book brushes and if there were any non-animal hair alternatives. Oh, interesting! Because my book brush, I think, is with, made with boar hair. Boar, boar hair? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly. Where do, where do you even find a boar these days? You got, it's like Lord of the you, flies. You got to chase them down in the bush.
1: As 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 you, do you have to go back? I was gonna say, give you have to go into Game of Thrones or something. I don't yeah. know. Where do you find
0: them? <laughs> chase that boar around, get them to clean your books for you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, many. I I don't know what other hairs. I, I'm not an expert on animal hairs. I don't know what other animal hairs are <laughs> What's used. What's your favorite animal hair? <laughs> uh, cat hair, because I'm covered uh, okay, in good, it all the yeah, time. Uh-huh. Uh, so I found a vegan alternative, uh, a paintbrush. So I got a plastic bristled paintbrush with like it, it, the bristles, like, were long and wide, I think like three to four inches across and four to five inches long. And I tried to dust my books with them. And it totally works. Oh, five really? out of five pages for this. Ah. It wasn't as soft as my book brush, so be gentle with the. If you have like an antique book or a fragile book, but I really like this. It got the p- top of the pages, the spines, the shelves. I really recommend this if you're looking for a way to dust your books. That's pretty cheap, vegan. Just a great way to. Again, my problem with feather dusters if is with the tops of the pages. Is it's yeah. hard. If you have something that's too. Uh, I guess the word is smooshy. I don't know. It like smushy, yep. it'll get yeah, a scientific proper. term, <laughs> proper term. But like a uh, um um what is the brand? Swiffer, a, like a Swiffer, one of those Swiffer oh, dusters. Yeah. It'll just smoosh the dust in between the pages and like wipe it oh. wipe it around. But a bris- like a bristle brush is going to scoop like get the so I'm not you're explaining this So well. you saying a paintbrush, Do you mean like I'm painting like a portrait or i'm painting a wall a wall this is definitely a wall paintbrush
1: oh oh, so like a like a couple inches oh you said that already you said like four to five inches yeah and i
0: so i really really like that and i think this would be really cheap and you could like paint on it or something i don't know if you're crafty i'm not a crafty person but i'm actually i I feel bad because i stole alan's paintbrush and i'm not giving it back because i want a second book brush for our library there you go so yeah if you want to suggest some book tech for us to test out, you can write to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are on our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shorts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fund store. I had a listener who came to one of our one of my signings and asked me to sign a bookmark. It was so cool. That's awesome. I was super excited. So you could definitely bring reading glasses stuff to signings to for me to Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, yeah, there's a link in the show notes if you want to show off your love of reading and support the show. And if you get reading glasses stuff tell us on instagram or twitter we'll retweet it we want to see all that awesome reading glasses stuff mm-hmm. uh so if you like the show please rate and review us on itunes it's really great for us and helps us reach more readers <coughs> you can email us at reading at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading